Welcome to Locked On Golden Knights. Will there be knee-jerk reactions from the Golden Knights now that they are eliminated from the playoffs? Hi again, everyone. I'm Tony Cardasco. You could follow us at Lockdown VGK. Myself at Tony Dasco on Twitter. Chris Gallick can be found at TD Chris G on Twitter. Thanks for making Lockdown Golden Knights your first listen every day. It is free and available wherever you get your podcast. And Chris, by knee-jerk reactions, what do we foresee coming up here in the not-too-distant future for the VGK? Uh, I think the first order of business will actually start with the head coach. Will they cut ties with Pete DeBoer? Will they do this before a complete evaluation, before an exit interview? What happens next? That's what the fans are talking about this morning. No doubt. Um, I think an issue as of late that has come up in social media is questioning Bill Foley and the way he conducts his business as far as being cutthroat, not being loyal, and just a lot of things that I, from afar, don't see in Bill Foley as a person based on his background, based on just the general way he carries himself, his interviews and everything. I see him as a very genuine person. Um, I think the flurry trade shook him up. And before that, even his reactions to the Nate Schmidt trade. So long story short, I do think Bill Foley is going to, in an effort to prove his reputation, is is um, start completely over from scratch, honestly, as far as the leadership and the coaches go. I think you're looking at um, a one-two-three punch of George McPhee, Kelly McCrimmon, Pete DeBoer, being sent packing and and I'm not knocking them for their efforts or anything like that. This is just part of the cycle in sports GMs and coaches specifically are a means to an end. Very few coaches across sports. Do you see with a team, you know, five and 10 years plus that's just how it goes. And I think it's time to get a coach who has a little more fire, a little more fury Going back to, let's just compare and contrast Gallant and DeBoer for a second. Besides giving the ref the business every now and then, I've never really seen Pete DeBoer fired up in a presser before. There's been a couple of times he's cut it short and such. But in general, Pete DeBoer is, he's very level-headed, which I like. But sometimes you need someone like a Gerard Gallant, who you know when things don't go well, or if something happens that shouldn't be. He will go in there and fix that. DeBoer is a little more of the player's coach, if you will. And DeBoer, I think, treated you equally based on, you know, it didn't matter how much you made, how how long your ice time was. I think someone like Gallant um, would be a better fit going forward. Someone who does that, does have a little bit of that edge. And uh, if things don't go well, the players know they're going to pay the price for it. I think uh, the story with Gerard Gallant is just that uh, Gallant did not want to play uh, games with this team. He did not want to uh, be that guy that just followed the orders. I feel the marching orders of the front office. And I personally believe that Kelly McCrimmon also should be accountable. You know, after the game on Wednesday night, uh, Peter DeBoer said that he is accountable for this team, for them not making the playoffs amid all of the high expectations. And I feel as though equally it should be shared the accountability with Kelly McCrimmon, who makes a lot of those decisions on a day-to-day basis, there's no way that this team 
should be shorthanded this late in the season where they're playing 11 and six, where again, we saw this last year. Uh, This is a recurring story with the salary cap. It's something that needs to be fixed once and for all. They just have to tighten up this organization, tighten up the screws. So many players I still feel on LTIR could play today because they were trying to play this little game of holding them out until the very end and getting into the, well, there's no playoffs. Okay. There's no playoffs. And this is something they're going to have to face moving forward. They can't have a situation like against Colorado last year where they just suited up the 15 players. They can't be a man short when they even have a man, another man available and Dylan Coughlin on the road. I, I still don't understand the strategy. I don't know what they're trying to do, but again, not, not rolling those four lines, Chris, I really felt that that came back to bite the VGK. Dylan Coughlin had a little bit of time last night, but definitely not enough to make it matter, so to speak. And, and yeah, Tony, 100% right. There needs to be greater preparation because sports are crazy. Crazy things happen. Injuries, fluke injuries and such. You have to have a full roster every single night, no questions asked. Maybe once in a while during the regular season, if something weird happens on the backside of a, you know, of a, of a road trip, you know, back to back or something like that, you know, fine. There, you can give a pass for stuff like that. But now, the last two seasons, our two biggest regular season games had unorthodox lineups, and that's that's what the general manager and you know and, and McPhee and everything, McPhee and McCrimmon, that's where. That definitely plays out. Going back to the LTIR, of all the players that have been on LTIR for an extended period of time, Brassois is the one that I am very curious about. I've seen some pictures of him, you know, around town and such, you know, with pictures with with fans and everything. And he's not going to be in crutches or, you know, have a cast or anything like that. But he has been out there in the public eye. People have seen him and such. Um, The comments about Mark Stone, after the Eichel trade and such, you know, Stone will be back ready for the playoffs. Well, Stone came back about two and a half weeks early when some money got freed up, but maybe that was an honest comment. Now as as crazy as this sounds, Tony, maybe that was an honest comment that Mark Stone was going to need to heal until the playoffs started. He came back two and a half weeks early and, you know, the guy probably has someone uh, tying his skates for him right now. And what Laurent Brossois, I think it's not an injury as much as it is a case of top-shelf-itis. The guy just could, could not stop shots up high. <laughs> Anytime that uh, there was a little lift on the puck, he was awful uh, down the stretch. And I think he's one of the first players to go. But that, and you I, can't put him on, I, on, I, on IR for that, though. Exactly. By the rules, you cannot put him on IR for not being able to do. lift his elbow I, above his shoulder. Right. And I've heard that Riley Smith has been ready. And remember, Carrier was ready for a couple of weeks, at least minimum, before they finally brought him back up. There's too many stinking games going on right there. First player that I think that needs to go. They traded him once, and then, of course, it was denied. The Donoff's got to go. You've got to start shaking up things. And they need to start doing this stuff uh, immediately as soon as they possibly can and not have this linger throughout uh, the offseason. It just can't linger. If they're going to make changes, they've got to do it now. They've got to prepare for the next season. And that's not a, it absolutely is not a knee jerk reaction. It's something that they need to do business wise, correct? A hundred percent. And you're going to start at the goalie position. Again, all of a sudden, the Golden Knights are now reevaluating 
their goaltender position. Last year, they were doing it based on money spent. And now this year, you're looking at what you are getting in return for that money spent. Uh, we can agree Logan Thompson has earned a spot on next year's on next year's VGK roster. Whether that is as a starter, a co-starter, or as the backup remains to be determined. Um, personally, by the way he has played this year, and he's not a 21-year-old or, or a 19-year-old playing above, above his weight class, if you will. He's 25 years old. He was the best goalie in the AHL uh, previously. Now he's playing, he's elevated his game to the NHL level. Personally, I would like to see him in maybe that kind of co-starting role. Um, not like I want Brassois to be be his uh, his person he's sharing starts with, but someone of that nature might be the way to go. You find that two, two and a half, three million dollar journeyman goalie that can log starts that has a track record of, you know, of some success, you know, you find that diamond in the rough, but if we're going to go that route, we talk again about Robin Leonard. I don't know who is going to take on 100% of Robin Leonard's salary, unless we give up something else, a draft pick, a prospect, you know, who who the hell knows how that's going to shake out again, another off season, another goalie controversy because they are getting paid too much money, but Robin Leonard is getting paid too much money, not just based on his performance, but based on the roster composition as a whole. So yeah, another off season, another uh, issue in between the pipes on top of the coaching and the general manager issues. And I made the comment in our last show that maybe we have a good week's worth of material. We probably got a good three weeks, I'd say, Tony. Oh, we've got a ton of uh, information that's going to come your way here. And we'll talk about the NHL draft in the weeks ahead. Uh, We'll evaluate players. We'll talk about the talent that's coming up through the ranks in the AHL, which uh, Chris covers uh, really closely. And, uh, you know, this is a team, I think, that really needs to define itself in the offseason. And chemistry, uh, we'll talk more about goaltending in our next segment, uh, but the chemistry uh, or the lack thereof on this team really it it shined you know late in the season and again I think it's going to start with players like Jack Eichel Uh, there was a video that went viral um, after the game the shootout loss in Dallas rolling his eyes and uh, just you know disengaged I think with the team a lot of uh, the fans in Buffalo say that those are the characteristics of Jack Eichel yes and you mentioned in our last show Chris they will build this team especially the top line around Jack Eichel. So whatever, he's going to be the LeBron of VGK. Whoever he wants, they're going to try to go out, I think, and acquire, and they're going to try to get the best fit for that top line. And on that top line, I don't see Stone. I might see Pacioretty on that top line, but they're going to have to do some things, and maybe it's a newcomer, uh, free agent or otherwise, that they fit in there. Could be our guy, Brendan Brisson. I think he's a good candidate on that top line, and that would be pretty potent, then build a second line, and you can't continue to – you can't play – pay a player like Dollar Bill, like uh, William Carlson or whatever they call him, Wild or Mild mild Bill, (laughs) or Vegas Bjorn. You can't pay him that kind of money when he's not producing. 11 goals, two empty netters, one he kicked in, nothing clean. You can't pay him, continue to pay him that kind of money, and he's no longer – that 200-foot player. I, I have to disagree with you there. 
So when um, you order from one of those online food places, you, first of all, you hope your food comes right. My wife ordered um, ordered some uh, tacos the other day, and they gave her a bunch of extra mild sauce. So that felt like a win. You said mild, Bill. That just kind of jogged that memory. So we're, we're talking about positivity right now. We have more mild sauce in the Gallic house. So there you go. Positivity, Tony. Um, where to go with those comments? So, yes, Jack Eichel. Listen, this guy's a, a lightning rod, and I get it. I get Buffalo hates the guy. I get the NHL has their problems with him. Fine, I, I understand that. But that eye roll video, oh, my goodness. Like, come on, people. That is absolutely ridiculous that is getting – so much attention because right before that he's one of the first players on the ice greeting the goalie in what's now multiple devastating losses he is giving words of encouragement he is showing that compassion team lost a game he rolls his eyes when he looks up at the scoreboard or realizes playoff hopes are diminishing there's always a camera on i certainly get that there's always a hot mic i certainly get that but he's just a lightning rod and people outside of Vegas a lot of people outside of Vegas want to see him fail miserably and the Eichel playoff curse now continues so this guy is going to get all that negative attention on top of that and I mean Vegas is a perfect place for him instead of the Vegas misfits now it's going to be a you know the Vegas not liked the Vegas uh I don't know I'm sure we can talk about a talk about a new um, nickname for this team in the weeks ahead. Well, they're the Folded Knights until otherwise. You know, yeah, yeah, okay, fine. So they are the Folded Knights. They fold it. They fold it like a tent. Hey, Chris, uh, coming up next, let's talk more about the goaltending situation Ooh. and what happens next for Logan Thompson. You kind of touched on that a little bit. We'll take a deep dive when we return. You're listening to Locked on Golden Knights. Bet online is your number one source for all your betting stats, for all your sports information, and you could find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's NBA playoffs and Major League Baseball season. How many times will the New York Mets get plunked today? Bet online is your continued source for all of your sports wagering information, from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or you can use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet online where the game starts. Thanks for making Locked On Golden Knights your first listen every day. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. And wherever you get your podcast, you can find myself, Tony Cardasco, and my man, Chris Golick. And Chris, here's my recommendation with Logan Thompson, okay? My recommendation, LT should go down to Henderson, okay, send them back to the AHL, and win the Calder Cup. Now, the Silver Knights should move their games from the Dollar Loan Center to T-Mobile Arena. You know why? Because VGK blocked out the playoff dates. There's nothing happening at T-Mobile. So the fans, I think, would get excited. There are a ton of people on this Logan Thompson bandwagon so move the games to T-Mobile and try to bring home the Calder Cup in two. <laughs> two seasons here, right? 
It's listen, Tony, that, that's fun. I don't know if it's conceivable based on um, I know Logan has a two way contract still, but I don't know how that works with him being on the NHL roster at the trade deadline. Um, last year, they did uh, multiple games at T-Mobile uh, that the Silver Knights did. And one of them, they basically gave away tickets. Um, it actually kind of upset me as um, a season ticket holder at that point, because I purchased my playoff tickets right before the last game that they had last year. And then all of a sudden email comes out, tickets are free for season ticket holders. I'm like, oh, okay. But point being, there was about nine or 10,000 people that went there to check out the game. And it was a lot of fun. Um, I certainly would love to see uh, Henderson make a run. They've been hot as of late. I don't know if Logan Thompson is in the cards for that or not. If he is, that would be wonderful to see him go back down there but you know Patera has been doing okay Um, Isaac Seville has been doing very well between the pipes so they could make a run you never know and if the Silver Knights did do a cup and two as you said that would be a nice injection of um, positivity for the um, Golden Knights uh, faithful here in town. Uh, Dylan Ferguson what is his status? He's a young goalie just working his way up through the ranks. Um, you know, made his uh, VGK debut, I believe, at age 19 when he was uh, what felt like about the seventh goalie in line once. Uh, oh, geez. Well, who went down before that? Uh, Flurry, Subban, Dansk. So was he? Oh, and then uh, uh, Manny Lagasse. So I want to say he was fifth in line and he did get some time uh, during season number one, but he's. Listen, shout out for him having one of the best goalie masks I've ever seen. He actually just changed it recently, but he had a tribute to Kobe Bryant on his mask before. Oh, my goodness, folks, if you're listening out here, just simply Google Dylan Ferguson um, Kobe Bryant mask, or I'll put it on the Lockdown Lockdown Twitter handle as well. It was absolutely phenomenal. Uh, Ferguson is someone you could see. Uh, helping out VGK down the line, but he's still young, got some rough edges. G- give it time. I like Isaac Seville. I mean, I know a- AHL, um, an AHL recap wasn't necessarily on the docket right now. It's, that's where this is going, but I like Isaac Seville. He's been doing really well. Patera has been there. So we have reinforcements down there, but in the short term, outside of Logan Thompson, there's no one in Henderson right now that is going to be uh, the um, contributor next year at the Golden Knights level. Chris, you know I'm going to take the long way home here. Okay, Let's so go. where are we going? Now? Where are we going? <laughs> no, we went. To, we just kind of scoured, you know, the AHL <laughs> team so that we can move forward now. And I, I believe, okay, Logan Thompson. You talked about it earlier. He has found himself a home with the VGK. He will not be playing in the AHL. Uh, I don't believe. You know, again, he will start next season as maybe the top goalie, maybe the number two goalie. I think, what does Laurent Persuas have? Does he have one more year left on this contract? Because they're going to try to get rid of him. I can check in a second. I feel like he was a one-and-done contract. Okay, so he regardless, even if there's one year left, they're going to do something. They're going to move him around because I don't think he fits into the plans. And then there's the big question mark as we're talking about goaltending for the VGK. Robin Leonard, does he come back 100%? What will he be like post-surgery? It's going to be the shoulder surgery, and then we're told the knee surgery will follow. He's got two major surgeries this summer. And for Robin Leonard, I just don't know how he will fit into the plans. And there's a lot of just 
dead weight on this team right now. The future of this franchise, as has been proven the past few weeks, is Logan Thompson between the pipes. And that's it. That's the end of the story. Now, do they go out and try to shop around Leonard? Uh, Do they try to sign another veteran goaltender? No matter what, next season, when that puck drops, okay, I believe that it will be Logan Thompson that will be either one or two, one or one A with this club, no matter matter who the coach is. Agreed? No, we 100% agree on on, uh, that that Robin Leonard – I'm sorry, that uh, Logan Thompson will be – on the VGK roster to start next season. Um, Brassois is signed through next year, Tony. So That's we do have okay. yeah. one more year of Brassois at 2.3. Um, I don't know how I feel about that at the moment. Looking at some Brassois stats, um, 24 starts this year, 14, 19, 21, 14 in the previous years. How do I feel if the tandem, let's just pretend we are able to make a deal for Leonard that does not, that simply is give him away. Someone takes him for nothing, similar to Mark Andre Fleury. We shed that cap space. I don't see a similar fortune with Brassois. This isn't Madden football where you just make the trades and stack some uh, prospects with one player to to get a big player in return. That's not how sports normally work. As much as VGK and McPhee and McCrimmon want it to work like that, that's not how it works. So let's just pretend for a second Brassois and Logan Thompson are the goaltending tandem. Okay. Um, based on Brassois starting, you know, in the high teens, I think he started 21 games once. Are you comfortable with him taking on 30 plus games and um, Logan Thompson being a starter at the NHL level for 50 plus games? I don't know how warm and fuzzy I feel about that. Only time would tell, but that would be roughly three to three point two million dollars in cap space at the goaltending spot, which now frees up five million dollars to, you know, use elsewhere. Whether that is to hold on to Dodonoff, something like that. Number one, um, who had some moments. Um, who knows? Who knows? I I have a hard time seeing a path to Robin Letter coming back to the team, though. I really have a hard path of seeing the Golden Knights wanting him to return. And I think more importantly, him wanting to come back. Yeah, I think he wants to come back. I have to agree with you there. Just with that surgery situation and the comments, the the appropriate comments that Pete DeBoer made, one of the few times he really undressed one of his players in public. But when he made the comments about him simply not being the best uh, goalie on the ice and needing to be better and then pulling him, Right, wrong, or otherwise, Robin Leonard let up two goals in that first period, one of which was pulled out of the net, so to speak. And he was possibly shaken in what was the biggest, at the time, the biggest game of the season. Every game has been the biggest game of the season for the last 15 games, it feels like, by the way, which takes a toll, of course. So it was fair for DeBoer to pull him, I think, based on everything being in a blunder. His knowledge, which is going to be another talking point, his knowledge of his injury, even though DeBoer claimed not to have knowledge of this new injury that was going to shut him down for the year. So I don't see Robin Leonard wanting to return, whether his contract forces him to return, whether he just says, screw it, I'm done, and rides off into the sunset, which Robin Leonard, you never know. 
it would be uh, very interesting to see how that shakes out. But I think based on the salary, based on everything happening, I would handicap it greater than a coin flip that Grisois and Logan Thompson is the goalie tandem next year. And mm. I, 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 don't don't like, I, I don't feel comfortable with Grisois. And the one thing that Logan Thompson really uh, gave this team an advantage at was that if you noticed with Logan Thompson, due to his mobility, he didn't allow a ton of rebounds, not a lot of rebound shots, whereas Leonard uh, and even Brassois to some degree allowed a lot of rebounds in front of the net. And because they couldn't hang on to the puck or they couldn't pull it in. And I thought that Brassois faded uh, horribly uh, down the stretch or at least when he was playing and they shelved him. I don't even know if there was an injury or what type of games they were playing, but elevated pucks really did him in. And uh, I have to agree with you. I think Logan Thompson has a really good shot of being the day one starter next season. But we've got all summer to discuss that. Coming up next, uh, we'll talk about the Blues Clues game tonight. How does VGK close out this season? Stay with us. That comes your way next right here on Locked on Golden Knights. Summer is coming. And with summer, you're going to need some food on the go. Built bars are the perfect snack. You take it along on your family vacations, throw them in your bags, in your kids' backpacks, and make sure that everyone has a bar for all of your summer adventures. The best part about Built Bars, healthy and delicious. We know that. No more sacrificing delicious food for health. With Built Bar, you have both, and it's easy. All you have to do is go to Built.com. All Built Bars and Puffs are covered in 100% real chocolate. That means with Built Bar, you can eat healthy, and you can actually enjoy it. Built Bar makes sure that there is something for everyone. And you know what my favorite flavor is? It is banana cream pie. I really am liking that flavor. And you can also get, you know, now they've got all these different flavors, and you might want to try the mixed box. The mixed box, it comes with 12 flavors and the new puffs. And so you might want to check that out. And uh, go to built.com. You can find all of your favorites. As I said, banana cream pie, there's raspberry, double chocolate, and so many more. They're all delicious. And there are new flavors that are coming out all the time. Check them out at built.com. They are delicious. All the new flavors. Go to built.com and you should use the promo code LOCK15. Get 15% off of your order. Use the promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com thanks for making locked on golden knights your first listen every day it is free and available wherever you get your podcasts welcome back i'm tony cardasco along with chris Golick from las vegas and chris before we go into what happens and how bgk closes out this season i wanted to just get your opinion your opinion on whether this was harmless or vulgar Some of the teams around the NHL were rooting against the VGK for one reason or another. They are perhaps the villains of the National Hockey League. But there was a strange message that showed up on the video board on the Jumbotron at the SAP Center on Tuesday. And it had it contained a a denigrating acronym towards the Golden Knights and without spelling things out <laughs> uh, go and look this up online or go to our Twitter handle at lockdown VGK and you could find it 
but the first letter in every single word spells something that's a no-no. Fans unite, celebrate, keep the hockey energy kicking now, imbibe generously, honor the Sharks. And that spells something that's pretty naughty. Was that harmless, as they said in the San Jose Mercury News? Was that vulgar? Where do you stand, Chris? So, in general, I love the up and backs with social media and such. I think it's fun. I remember, um, I got to go back through my Twitter and dig it out, maybe last 18 months ago, something like that. I found myself in the middle of the Chicago Wolves and Milwaukee Admirals uh, AHL having some type of up and back. From Chicago originally, still love the Chicago Wolves and such, even though, uh, you know, depending on who their affiliate is. And I forgot exactly the the nature of it, but they were going up and back. It was, it was a fun-spirited Twitter, you know, taking shots. So I just comment, okay, now say something nice about each other. And they both did. And I just kind of kept the, the thread going for a little bit. I'm like, okay, this is fun. This is cool. I enjoy this. Putting that message on the scoreboard, now going back to the, the comment at the um, in San Jose, supposedly this was a fan. If you buy a certain number of tickets, part of the perks is getting to put a message on the scoreboard. So the San Jose Sharks might claim negligence on this, but they are responsible for their production beginning to end and everything in between whether the person that approved that message was in the know, that remains to be determined. I do think the league might even take some action against something like that. Having that on the scoreboard is crossing the line. And I'm not saying that as a bitter Golden Knights fan that the Sharks, you know, all but killed our season, so to speak. You just, that that's crossing the line, having that word on the scoreboard at some point, you know, the kids might ask what that means and such. And as time goes on, they'll figure it out, whether they figure it out with their friends at school or uh, from their parents at the game and such. Like the one thing I wonder, Tony, I haven't seen any video come out. Like at the time when they showed this, did anyone in the arena even have a clue what that was? Were people starting to to cheer and get behind it? I don't know. Maybe uh, I can dig that up later on. Yeah, but but they underlined every letter in the acronym, every first letter in the acronym. So all you had to do was just follow that trail. I did not catch that part of it. That is yes, poor, they're underlined the first letter. Preparation on my side, then. Oh no, but it, I, it's just a matter of if they went too far. I think again, one hundred percent. I think it's fun, and I think it's fandom. Maybe not good for the kiddos in the crowd. Uh, But again, hey, VGK brought a lot of this on themselves, too. Okay, outside of everything else and being that darling team in the National Hockey League and making it to the Stanley Cup final in the first season and making it into the playoffs in its first four years, I feel that there is a cocky attitude around this Vegas Golden Knights team. And that's just my opinion from the outside, you know, looking into what happens and I just feel that that's what the other teams around the league believe. I feel that the media is not fair with this team other than us. I just think that they're all one-sided. You know, you talk about tilting the ice. Well, they tilt the coverage here, and it's all VGK, and it's all like the Primrose Path, and I think a lot of the media members already had their playoff beards started. 
not going to get into that. We could talk more about that during the season. But I, I really do feel that they brought a lot of this on themselves because they have been, yeah, okay, they skirted all the rules. And, yes, it's okay. Within those rules, they wound up being the darlings of the National Hockey League at first. And now things have bounced out, and the fans don't like them. And this is what VGK is going to have to face moving forward. They do. And, and you know, those teams like the Ducks, they got tired of getting the snot kicked out of them in San Jose and the Sharks, you know. And everyone was like, well, they had a horrible season. This made their season. Are you kidding me? Yeah, it made their season at a time when they had nothing going. That team was absolutely garbage. And they come into Las Vegas and they essentially knock the Golden Knights out of the playoffs. They will take the credit moving forward of knocking the VGK out of the playoff picture entirely. I felt, I felt, Chris, that this team was doomed ever since ESPN started off the season <laughs> by referring to the Golden Knights as VGS on the, graphics, uh, on the graphics package back in October. It was doomed from that point forward and then the injuries and everything else. But, no, we're going to have some fun like this entire summer. We'll evaluate things and we'll talk about what happens next. And I think VGK will remain in the news. Why? Because Bill Foley loves headlines. Bill Foley loves headlines. And we will see them in the headlines an awful lot here moving forward in the postseason. Even though they're not in the playoffs, they're still going to fight for that space in the Review Journal every day. They're still going to try to be that team that's top of mind. It's a new market now as far as the competitive nature with sports and the Raiders and the Golden Knights and more teams coming, right? So I, I think they're not going to be able to help themselves, Chris. I think the entire summer will be filled with headlines for the Golden Knights. So how does this VGK team, how do they close out this season? So before someone asks us, Tony, um, I, I found about two or three different pictures of the message on the SAP Center. And the underlined, the letters were not underlined in live time from what I just saw. I think that was after the fact, just to be completely fair. Um, double check on your side. I just don't want someone getting mad at us saying we're, we're saying the wrong things here. I don't want to correct you or anything like that. Now let's just stir it up. Who cares? Let's yeah, no, that's, I, I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying. Um, so where to go there? Yes, the Golden Knights have been the villains. And I don't care how we got there, but it started simply because of season number one. When season number one starts, you know, 500 to one to win the cup. Who the hell are these guys? This is a bunch of line three players, a bunch of misfits and whatever acronym you want to use there. Everyone thought we were going to be the Seattle Kraken for lack of a better term, right? That's what everyone thought. Well, all of a sudden that's not how it shaped. That's how things shook out. So now the mindset changed to the Expansion draft was so tilted and it was not fair for the rest of the teams. How could VGK not succeed? That is the roots of everything. There is a level of jealousy when you look at original, at the success of many original six teams since VGK came into the league. When you look at big market teams like Toronto and such and how the other Canadian teams have performed. There is a big feeling of we as Golden Knight fans do not deserve this. We have to have struggle before that, you know, whatever that means, that's uh, how many of the old school people feel. They don't like the pregame and all the goofy things we do and stuff. And I get all that and it's fine and it makes it fun. 
whether we get a fair shake amongst national media, national longtime hockey fans, I don't care. It doesn't matter. It's no different than us sitting here blasting the Sharks for putting a message on the board or, you know, other goopy things happening. That's just part of the, uh, part of the, um, what's the word, the ingredients to this weird stew that is uh, following professional sports. Um, Bill Foley, yeah, I'm with you on that. He likes the attention and who he should. He's running a, you know, billion dollar franchise at this point. And he's going to want as much coverage as he can. He's going to compete for that spot in the review journal. I don't see the, the, um, you know, the Nighthawks or the Las Vegas lights or uh, our WNBA team taking too much attention away from the golden Knights, maybe uh, the athletics. Cause they're, you know, keying in on making their, re- Oh, the Raiders. I didn't, didn't even mention the Raiders and all of that. Um, the golden Knights will be the sports team of this town. I think even more than the Raiders, and that's not going to change. Um, oh, I don't agree with you there, but we could have a good debate. A I like it. Debate. Let's go. Okay. Over the summer. Let's, let's do that. Put on uh, the dockets. Okay. And uh, so hopefully there's no injuries in this final game in St. Louis. Yes. And oh, we're supposed to cover that too. Yes. <laughs> uh, we're not even going to make a score prediction because it's, that's a joke of a game other than, you know, in garbage time, William Carlson will probably have four goals in the contest and (laughs) shut down Mark Stone. Please shut down Mark Stone for his own safety and health. Shut down Mark Stone. And then coming up on Monday, we'll recap the game. I'm sure that a lot more news will transpire. We don't know if Pete DeBoer will make it until Monday, but we'll have all the activity. Let me give a couple points about the St. Louis game really fast. All right, before we got to go. What's that? Go ahead, man, before we got to go here. Yeah, no, so the Blues game, at time of recording, the standings are still a little bit to be determined, but the Blues might need this game for playoff seating. And if the Golden Knights just simply go and tank this game, this is stuff that is remembered, whether this is more at the NFL level when you're getting into weeks 15, 16, 17 and such, where a team needs another team to uh, possibly win so they can help themselves in the playoffs. If the Golden Knights just simply go and and lay down in a game like this, that's going to be remembered uh, down the road. So the Blues might need this game, and the NHL, again, will be all of a sudden possibly hoping the Golden Knights win this game, you know, a team like Minnesota, so they can have that higher playoff seed. So there is a little bit that matters in this game. I'm not going to give a score prediction because who cares at this point, but the game does matter a little bit, at least to the Blues. And other teams will be watching to see what type of Knights team shows up. And we'll just uh, see how it goes. We'd like to thank everyone for making Locked On Golden Knights your first listen every day. And then coming up on Monday, myself and Chris will talk about what happens over the weekend, the game against the Blues, and how they close out the season as they play out the string. Now make your second listen, Locked On Fantasy Hockey. The hosts are Steel Roden and Flip Livingstone. They help you to become the expert of your fantasy league, and it is free and available wherever you get your podcast. We thank you all for tuning in. Have a great weekend, everyone. For my man, Chris Golick, I'm Tony Cardasco. So long from Las Vegas. You've been listening to Locked On Golden Knights. Take care.